No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Elijah challenges the people to choose between the Lord or Baal. He proposes a contest that will reveal the one true God. This is an epic story from the Old Testament. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. Today we look at one of the most amazing stories in the Bible. On the surface, it was a contest between 450 prophets of Baal and one prophet of the Lord, namely Elijah. But in reality, it was a contest between God and Satan. Of course, there was no contest because Satan is in no way a match for God. God is omnipotent, all-knowing, and eternal. Satan's power is controlled by God. His knowledge is limited, and he is a created being. If anything, Satan is the opposite of Michael the archangel. But never can he be considered an opposite of God. However, he is very skilled at deception. At the time of Elijah, many in Israel had turned away from God to worship false gods, which were in fact demons. Now it was time to prove which God was real. Elijah had told King Ahab to gather the children of Israel and the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. We continue in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 20. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. There had been a drought for three and a half years, but before the rain could come, it was essential to establish which God was bringing it. A contest would determine whether Yahweh or Baal was God. Both claimed to have power over the weather, but only one could be the true God. Everyone would be present to witness this event. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. The people had gone back and forth between worshiping Yahweh and worshiping Baal. They wanted to have both bases covered. But the worship of Yahweh is exclusive. He allows no other gods before him because he declares himself to be the only God. Isaiah 44, 8. That's the problem with plurality in the worship of the Lord. It's also a double standard that exists in the lives of many Christians. They act one way at church and another way among their worldly friends and associates. That kind of Compromise and hypocrisy is unacceptable. God considers friendship with the world to be enmity with God. So Elijah challenged the people to quit vacillating and decide between Yahweh or Baal. Incidentally, if you are vacillating between two opinions and cannot make up your mind, then ask God for wisdom, let his peace rule your heart, then make the best decision you can. You know, sometimes even making a bad decision is better than indecision. And some of the best life lessons I've learned have been the result of bad decisions. 
because we are under God's grace, he works all things together for our good, even our bad decisions. We can rest in him. Praise God. Now, they shouldn't have had any problem choosing whom to follow. The Lord had a proven record of miracles throughout the history of Israel. What had Baal done? The people didn't answer Elijah because they could offer no justification for their actions. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bowls and let them choose one bowl for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bowl and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now, Elijah said that he was the only prophet of the Lord who was left. But we've seen that Obadiah told him that he had hidden 100 prophets of the Lord from Jezebel, Ahab's wife. However, they were probably still in hiding, and Elijah didn't want to reveal their existence. At any rate, he was the only prophet of the Lord on Mount Carmel. Wasn't he outnumbered? Not at all. It was Martin Luther who said, one with God is a majority. So Elisha gave the rules for the contest. Each side would take a bull, cut it in pieces, and put it on the altar. They would each then call on the name of their God. And the one to answer by fire and consume the sacrifice was the true God. Everyone agreed to the rules. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. Elijah even gave the prophets of Baal the pick of the bulls, which they then prepared. And so from morning till noon, they prayed to Baal. Nothing happened. Afternoon, they started dancing. Nothing happened. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. When nothing happens, Elijah begins to taunt them. Now, when Elijah suggests that Baal is busy, the Hebrew word means for a person to relieve himself. No doubt, Elijah was making sport of it all. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Self-mutilation was customary in the worship of pagan deities, which the Bible declares to be demons. When people cut themselves, they should consider the origin of self-mutilation and ask themselves where this influence is coming from. 
God is the giver of life. Satan is called the destroyer. Now, even after praying, dancing, cutting, and bleeding, there was no answer from Baal. Are we surprised? Consider the false gods in which people trust today. Money, power, beauty, fame, sex, knowledge. But when your life is falling apart, will your God answer you? Will he be there to save you on the day of judgment? Verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of seed. An ancient altar to the Lord had been built on Mount Carmel, but it was in disrepair. So Elijah repaired it, rebuilding it with 12 stones, symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel. Now that's interesting because the kingdom was divided into two nations. But they were still one people in God's purposes with a single Lord, a single covenant, and a single destiny. This anticipates the day when all 12 tribes of Israel will be under the reign of Jesus Christ. Next, Elijah dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold 13 dry quarts of seed or about a third of a bushel. And he put the wood in order. He cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and he also filled the trench with water. Now, why did he do this? Obviously, just to make it very clear that only God could do this. Uh, it would take a while to get all that water on there. They'd have to go down to the valley below and bring it back up. And, and he did it three times and then filled the trench, soaking the sacrifice. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. What I love about this is the simplicity of this prayer. Elijah was just simply opening the door for God's grace to be poured out and for the Lord to show himself to be the true God. But Elijah also reveals the main purpose of the contest. It was to draw the hearts of the people of Israel back to the Lord again. That was God's desire, is that they would love him with all their hearts and turn away from their false gods. And that's the question for us too. You know, do we love the Lord with all our hearts? When revival comes, it's always God's desire to draw his people back to him again. 
Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. It's interesting that the fire of the Lord fell as soon as Elijah prayed. You know, the fire of the Lord speaks of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes upon those people who are in the order that God has established in his word. When we put everything in order according to God's word and pray and ask for the fire of the Lord to come, that's when the fire of the Lord comes upon us. And God clearly did a miracle, licking up even all of the water in the trench, uh, burning up, consuming the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and even the dust, showing that, in fact, he was God, and everybody finally made the decision that Yahweh is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. Now that may seem harsh, 450 prophets, but it was exactly what Deuteronomy 13, 12 through 15 said to do with false prophets. Which God are you trusting in? The gods of this age or the one true God? It is God's desire that our hearts be turned toward him. Is your heart turned toward him? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Elijah goes to the top of Mount Carmel and prays for rain until it comes. It's a lesson in the power of persevering prayer. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.